0: Welcome to the show, Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also broadcasting live on Sirius XM 211. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. It's great to be with you, as I am each and every weeknight from 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, right here on these networks. Great to chat a little global football, the beautiful game, and it was indeed a beautiful weekend in the English Premier League. Some... Results that were expected, a few results that weren't expected. Let's take a look at some of them and recap the table. Plus, the Champions League draw is out, and there are some really interesting matchups coming up in the elimination stages of the Champions League. Let's talk about that. Plus, of course, the management situation. A lot of clubs with interim, temporary, almost their managers, some with managers halfway out the door already. But there are a couple of big appointments in the wings, and we should start with Everton Football Club, who... As it's been reported by Sky Sports have already secured the services of one Carlo Ancelotti as the first team manager for Everton. However, it's been reported by a number of other outlets that that deal is not quite done, but that negotiations are at a very advanced stage. So I would imagine there's no reason to think that's not going to happen. And let's talk about that. What does that mean for Everton? What does that mean for Ancelotti? What does that say about Everton? Or does it say more about Ancelotti's current status than it does about Everton's ambition? Let's talk about that. Plus, speaking of managers, Arsenal, what a disaster this club is. I mean, my goodness, how the mighty have fallen. This club is an absolute standing joke right now. Freddie Lundberg is uh, the walking dead. I mean, dead man walking. Proof of life after death. I don't know what he is, but all I can say is that he's not the interim manager that they'd hoped for. But they are talking with uh, Mikel Arteta, and I believe I'm hearing from a number of sources that that deal is going to be done very shortly. And I just am going to ask you, if you're an Arsenal fan out there, as great as Arteta is and was as a player and has been developing nicely as a manager, is this the sort of name, the sort of person you want at the helm? And no disrespect to Arteta, but would not you have preferred an Ancelotti? And then my final question is, well, if an Ancelotti isn't going to Arsenal, I assume he spoke to them. Maybe that gives you an idea about their spending ambitions. All right, look, so much to talk about, so much to get to today. History, Soccer, I'm going to take a break and be right back with loads more after this. Sometimes I try to do things and they just don't turn out the way I want it to. And I get real frustrated. And it's like I take my time and I try real hard. No matter what I do, no matter what I try, it never works out. It's like I concentrate on it real hard, but it never works out. It's like I need some time to figure this thing out. All right, welcome back to Street Soccer. Nikiba with you here on the Sports Online Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. By the way, also broadcasting on a number of digital platforms, whether it's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award winning Sirius XM app, and the Believe Podcast Network uh, hosts all of our podcasts which are available immediately following the show. Hope you will subscribe to us on Believe. And if you can't catch the show live, it's a great way to catch it on demand, whether you're at the gym, uh, maybe in a business meeting, and you've got those little wireless earpieces, earphones in, and no one can see them because you've had them dyed to your exact skin color. You know, we all do that, don't we? We have to sit through interminable meetings. But look, uh, go to the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V, and check us out there. You will be able to subscribe to all of our podcasts and get notified as soon as we have a new one. Uh, well, look, uh, let's talk Premier League football, and then we'll get on to some of the managerial discussions. But it was an e- interesting weekend in the Premier League because uh, whereas there were some results that I expected, uh, let's talk about uh, Man City beating Arsenal at the Emirates, and we're going to talk about the way in which they beat Arsenal at the Emirates because that was important. Uh, whether it was Liverpool beating Watford, I mean, first versus last, at the first, the number one team is at home. You don't expect any result other than other than that. I have to tell you, I was very surprised uh, with Chelsea's loss at home to Bournemouth. I was very surprised uh, with Leicester City only getting a point off of Norwich. I was pleasantly surprised, although I don't think "surprised" is the word because if you listen to. The show on Friday, I actually picked West Ham to go to St. Mary's and get a win over Southampton, which they did. It was 1-0. It wasn't a particularly exciting game. And actually, interestingly enough, I don't think there were many sort of cracking games this season. Uh, but let's start from the top, shall we? As I mentioned, Liverpool uh, hosted Watford. Uh, I had predicted Liverpool would handily win 2-3-0. or uh, It was on the lower side, and, and to be fair, it was not a uh, particularly exciting game to say the least uh, and if <laughs> that's a that's a complete understatement by the way it was an awful game boring a couple of nice goals Mo Salah on fire uh, nice to see him light it up but you know they are playing Watford so uh, take that for uh, you know whatever you want to do by the way Liverpool arrived in Doha on Sunday for the Club World Cup they'll be playing tomorrow I mean this fixture congestion is absolutely crazy, and maybe now you can understand why Jurgen Klopp went absolutely apoplectic uh, with these proposals to expand the Champions League and the number of games, and uh, it's just becoming a completely and utterly untenable situation for teams at the top of the table. And look, we, we do talk about the teams at the top of the table a fair amount. We've, we've talked about Liverpool, Man City, we've talked about Chelsea. Uh, you know, We talk, quote, big six football a lot here And I think globally everyone talks Big Six football. But some of the most exciting matches are not necessarily with the Big Six. And some of the biggest storylines right now are not with the Big Six. Or maybe some of them are with the Big Six, but not with, say, the Big Two. And speaking of that, Man City went to Arsenal and gave them an absolute thumping. We're going to talk about Arsenal in the next segment, so I don't want to go into this in too much detail. Suffice it to say that I, I watched the game, and uh, I'm going to just remember off the top of my head that they were 3-0 up at halftime. I think they went into halftime 3-0 and then just sort of you know, <laughs> came out for the rest and said, who are we playing? Why are we playing an under-11 squad? And uh, let's not play too hard because we don't want to get any injuries, or uh, especially not with the Champions League draw. They certainly didn't need to do more than they did, and they kept a clean sheet, which is not difficult against Arsenal because, quite frankly, uh, their attacking threat was uh, almost like you know having a having a one and a half year old try to uh, try to beat you up it was non existence. Arsenal are such a dumpster fire. They're not just a dumpster fire, they're a dumpster fire in a porter potty that's been sitting out stewing in the mountains for three and a half weeks under a hot sun and finally caught fire. That's what Arsenal are. So they smell like that, they're hot, on fire like that, they're just terrible. That was a uh, not surprising result, Uh, but let's talk for a minute about Old Trafford, where Everton Football Club, who now have uh, Duncan Ferguson, who is their interim manager, and again, we're going to talk about Everton in a second, showed up and Man United scored both goals. <laughs> Victor Lindelof scored an own goal uh, right before the, well, maybe five or ten minutes before time. And then uh, Mason Greenwood came in and, and scored the equalizer. But, you know... <laughs> How, how nice is that? You don't have to score any goals, your, your opposition will do it. Look, Man United I had Phil Brown on here and I hope you had a chance to listen to that show. If you can't, you can find the episode on Believe Podcast Network. Phil is a uh, is a commentator on Beyond the Pitch. He's a contributor to many networks and shows. He is a Manchester United died in the wool, through and through uh, absolute fan to the core of his being, and we had a lovely discussion about United and some of the problems at United, uh, of which I I want to point out, in my opinion, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not one of the problems at United. Is he the greatest manager in the world? Is he going to develop into the next Alex Ferguson, or is he just gonna be like the next Duncan Ferguson? I mean, you could take your pick. I don't know. But he's no Unai Emery. He has some tactical news. He has an understanding of what it means to relate to young players, uh, established players, star players, and um, I think on, on all of that, I, he checks all the boxes. He Again, he, he just may not be the best at the game at it, but he's certainly fine for where they are right now because their problems transcend what's happening uh, tactically from the sidelines from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or in his pre-match strategy. It's obviously problems that go all the way top to the boardroom, to the very structure of the club, the financial structure of the club, the investment the club is willing to make. And the fact that it is nigh on impossible to have a seamless generational change between a manager of the stature and status of the great Sir Alex Ferguson to whoever else is out there. I mean, look, they tried. I mean, they tried. They even went to people like Jose Mourinho, who, in my opinion, is the greatest manager managing in the game currently. Certainly, well, when I say greatest, uh, I'm obviously not doing uh, – I'm doing him too much of a service because I don't necessarily think he's the best manager right now, but he's certainly the manager with the most wins under his belt that's currently practicing, plying his trade in the active big leagues in Europe. And, of course, he's, he's at Tottenham right now. Uh, We're going to talk about another one of those, Carlo Ancelotti, here in a minute. Uh, But, you know, we also do have Pep Guardiola and Jürgen Klopp, and I really got sidetracked here. But we were talking about the issues at United. And I was very surprised, though, that Everton went to Old Trafford and got the draw. And it took United till almost the 80th minute to get the equalizer. The Old Trafford faithful must be going absolutely batty. But it was not the result I expected from them. I mean, because, look, Everton have been just absolutely awful themselves this season. You know, you want to talk about Arsenal being a dumpster fire, for God's sake. Everton are in 16th place. They've won one game in five. And that was the first game in charge when Duncan Ferguson took over. They beat Chelsea 3-1 at Goodison, if you remember that. So uh, I suppose for Everton, it's been a bit of an uptick. It can't get much worse after that loss, uh, five-two uh, thumping at Liverpool, that saw Marco Silva dismissed shortly thereafter. But for Man United, I, um, you know, I, it's it's very tough, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a team in a rebuilding year. I think they have to hope that they are going to finish either in a Europa League spot or maybe eke their way up to a Champions League spot. That's going to depend on the likes of Tottenham, Chelsea and Leicester. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But United, uh, for you know the fact this was a disappointing result, it should be remembered, by the way, they've won six games without losing. Their last defeat was that one nil away to Bournemouth. And in point of fact, uh, excuse me, they have lost, uh, what, one in the last, uh, they've uh, only lost one game in nine. So uh, they're doing all right. I, I don't think it's time to pull the alarm bells, uh, with certainly not with the manager, but definitely with some of the squad. All right, I have to go to break. Let's come back and pick up our discussion of the Premier League. Lots more to get to, including a couple of really interesting matchups that, in the coming weekend, uh, which we're definitely going to want uh, to talk about. All right, uh, I will be right back after this on Fifth Street Soccer. Stay with me here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. Welcome back. Chris Free Soccer, Nick Eber with you. Find me on Twitter. Twitter me. Sounds a bit obscene, actually, but Twitter me. I'm at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Would love to hear from you. We were talking about Man United in the last segment, and I did want to point out that things, however, however disappointing this result was against Everton at Old Trafford, Things might look a little better uh, when they uh, reconvene here over the weekend when they go to Vicarage Road and pay Watford because uh, Watford, dead bottom of the league. They've won one game all season. And that win happened uh, against Norwich, who at the time were one spot ahead of them, actually. And that was back at the beginning of November. They have been flatlined the entire season. It is interesting because this Watford team I thought was a really a pretty decent little team last season, and they've just been uh, in an absolute meltdown. They fired the manager. Obviously, Troy Deeney was injured for most of the season so far. Uh, you know this team is going down to the Championship. There's there's nothing. Uh, I I don't care. I, I know we're only 17 games in, in a 38 game season. So you know we've not even halfway through the season, but uh, this Watford team is just rubbish. And uh, they they forgot what it means to win, and I think when a team at any level in any sport forgets what it's like to win, uh, they become uh, you know they they fulfill their own destiny and they just they just lose. I mean, at least Norwich, you know, every now and then has a little win or a, something to per- perk them up. Same thing with Southampton. Uh, I would suggest that Watford are essentially dead already. They are proof of life after death in the fact that they're showing up for these games. And again, the next game will be on Sunday against Man United at Vicarage Road. But if we go up to the rest of the table, I want to talk about what's happening over the next couple of weeks through the Christmas silly season, uh, because we are going to see an awful lot happen at the top end of the table here just next week alone. Keep in mind, Liverpool are in Doha for the Club World Cup. And their next game in the Premier League is until Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas if you're in the U.S. and you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But Boxing Day is the 26th. And again, just remember, if you're fairly new to the Premier League, uh, the Premier League does tend to play right through the holiday season. They they do. It's tradition. It's history. They're going to take a little bit of a break afterwards, but not much. And certainly not like the Bundesliga or some of the other leagues that really give their folks uh, an actual holiday which I object to, by the way. Why do multi-gazillion-pound athletes need a holiday? No, they need to be there putting on the entertainment for my pleasure, so that I can enjoy my holiday. That's what they get paid for. It's like uh, if they'd had—I uh, don't know—if you were going to a Christmas spectacular with all these celebrities, but they didn't show up because it was well Christmas and they want a holiday. <laughs> I mean, that's really that's really what it's like. But at least they're going to give them a little bit of a break right after the holidays. So fine, I, I suppose I'm alright with that. Particularly given the fact that my team Liverpool have this awful schedule with League Cup, with you know, with uh, the Club World Cup, and they're going to face Monterey, by the way, in the um, semi-finals of the Club World Cup, which is on Tuesday, and you can see that on Fox Sports too. Or is it Wednesday? No, I think it's Tuesday. You can see it on Fox 14. In point of fact, I think, well, I have to look at the Club World Cup schedule, but it's something totally different, and I'm sidetracked. But I was talking about the changes that we're going to see at the top end of the table, and I'm going to tell you why. Because the clashes over the 21st of December weekend are absolutely epic. Let's start, shall we, with the 21st of December, which is Saturday. Leicester City are going to the Etihad to face Manchester City. Now keep in mind, Leicester City came off this absolutely gobsmacking 1-1 draw at the King Power against Norwich. I mean, I I didn't have that. I I don't know what it paid. I might have it somewhere here. It had to have been in the plus 4 or 500s. That was a big upset result. They're sitting 10 points behind Liverpool in first place. Four points behind them is Man City, who seemed to have, and I say seem to have, righted the ship. Uh, not that the ship needed writing, actually. I mean, they had that 2-2 against Newcastle. Then they had that uh, shocker of a loss, by the way, uh, against Man City. Uh, pardon me, in the, in the derby against Man United. But again, a derby match. So, you know, shouldn't be too much of a shock, because I've said this time and time again. Uh, form and odds go out the window when you have a derby match. But those two are playing each other. Look, even if Leicester lose, then they'll still be in second because City will be but one point behind them at that point with 38. And I'm going to give you my predictions later on in the week, so I'm not going to predict anything right now. But let's go to another match. So two and three are playing, and then three and four are playing. Chelsea, who have been... God, I, you know, I don't really know how to put this. But since they had that home win against Crystal Palace at the beginning of November, which capped off a six-game unbeaten streak, or actually, I should say a six-game, six-game winning streak, I should, uh, I should allow me to point out that was match day 12. And by match day 12, they had eight wins, two draws, and two losses, which is an absolutely phenomenal record and they were up in third place i think they were almost almost right on points with city at that point but since then and everyone was saying frank lampard's a genius it's a genius appointment and you know the young kids and they're all coming to it and everything's great well you know what it's been four losses and a win in the last five matches Losses to City, losses to West Ham at home, losses to Everton at Goodison, a loss at home to Bournemouth the Cherries, for God's sake. By the way, this Bournemouth team are very overrated in my mind. No disrespect, but they're not that good. And to go to Stamford Bridge and get a win is an absolute shocker. The one win they did have was a 2-1 squeaker, sort of, of a win against Aston Villa at home. So I don't know. I'm not sure sure that the wheels haven't come off the Frank Lampard bus already. And again, uh, I don't think you pull any eject handles or convene any firing squads for him yet because he has a very young team and, and they finally have a transfer window open. And that begs another question, which we'll get to in a minute. But they're facing Spurs, and Spurs are going the opposite way, the complete opposite way. This is a team that, uh, beginning of November, was in the 14th place in the league. 14th place. This is a team that had registered in 12 games, only three wins. And they were at home, and the Blades came, Sheffield United, and it was 1-1. Well, we know what happened. Um, Pochettino gets fired, Mourinho comes in, and they're four wins and one loss in the interim. So, same squad. Oh, and by the way, that loss again, Old Trafford. <laughs> they went to Old Trafford and lost. Uh, interestingly enough, I mean, Man United, for all their ups and downs, and again, been talking a, bit, a little bit about them earlier on, uh, they have provided, uh, they have proved to be a great foil and spoiler so far in the league. They're the only people that have uh, managed to draw any blood at all from Liverpool. They got a point off that game. Everyone else has just lost outright. But to get back to it, if we're looking at two clubs with fortunes going in different directions, Chelsea seem to have peaked and are maybe on the down the down slope, and Tottenham. Well, they have a great squad. We've known that all along. Maybe not. uh Maybe not endowed with an enormous amount of depth to it. But it is a good squad, and a different manager breathes a, a different breath of life and success into the club, a different feeling, and all of a sudden they're going the completely different direction. Uh, four wins and one loss in five, which is a terrific result. Now these two teams are meeting. Now what will happen here is if Tottenham will they win, they will leapfrog Chelsea into fourth place. And i got news for you. This is at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and I think Tottenham are going to win. So I think we're going to see come the 22nd of December, the end of Sunday, that it's going to look like this. Liverpool, Leicester, City, Tottenham, Chelsea, those will be your top four. But then the question becomes how far away are man United? Well, I'm telling you man United are gonna win against Watford, and they're gonna have twenty eight points, and that's gonna put them that's gonna put them in fifth place, one spot behind one spot behind upon uh, me it'll put them let me see so if, if Chelsea lose, that puts them to twenty nine That'll put them into fifth spot, one one point above Chelsea. Mm-hmm. One below Chelsea. Excuse me, my math is very poor today. You'll excuse me. So by the end of next weekend, we could see a huge change. And by the way, the Blades, because they are tied on points with Sheffield, as are Wolves. By the way, Wolves could have something to say about this, but not as much as the Blades, because they are equal on points with United. They, uh, pardon me, uh, she- uh, the Blades. Yeah, they have a very very difficult trip away to Brighton, who have at times looked terrific and at times look rubbish. They had a Monday draw, 1-1 uh, in London against Palace, but it took a, a very late uh, equalizer uh, for to take the two points away from them. Uh, that's how I think it's going to look. All right, so that's a little preview about what we've got coming up next weekend in the Premier League, some really cracking, cracking matches. And of course, we have to talk about the other side of the table, which we will do, uh, but we will have to do that when we come back from break. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Geber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. By the way, I didn't mention a big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world who are listening to this show, courtesy of the American Forces Network. It's wonderful to be speaking with you, as I do each and every weekday from 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, on these very networks. And just a reminder, check me out on the Believe Podcast Network and to check me out after the break. I'll be right back. Hi, right, welcome back to the show as we are deep into the holiday schedule in the Premier League already. I'm Nick Eber, your host. Find me on Twitter at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You know, one of the things I love about the Premier League is, and, and football, global football in general, and, and no disrespect, I live in America, I've lived here a long time, I love this country, uh, I look back at what's going on. And my old homeland with uh, Brexit and Boris Johnson and all this nonsense going on there. And I look at what's going on here and I say, oh my God, are we really completely, both countries is unbelievably screwed up. But that's a completely different discussion. I wanted to take a moment and talk a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that's happening tomorrow, today, during the week. Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Look, we talked a little bit about Liverpool and their schedule. And I talked about the uh, club World Cup that was going on in Doha right now. Now, it, I'm happy Liverpool are going to this. I, I, I really am. But I'm also. Not really all that interested, quite, fact, quite frankly, in uh, Al Saad versus Tunis, which was the all exciting fifth place match happening today. Or, quite honestly, Flamengo versus Al Hilal, the semi final number one. And those are happening. As we speak, Tuesday morning, the same time that those matches are going on, the Liverpool A-team is practicing, getting ready for their big match, Monterey of Mexico versus Liverpool for the second semi semi-final. That's happening on Wednesday. That's 9.30 in the morning. on the west coast i believe that's the west coast time and you know i have an eight thirty in the morning dmv appointment because I, I lost my driver's license and i have to get a new one so i better be back by nine thirty. i do want to watch this game but did you know that the day before that on tuesday the liverpool b team is going to be playing aston villa at villa park for the league cup I can't remember in all my years of watching football a time when I have seen a club field two teams at one time. It's very rare. And one of the things that I love about this sport is it is generally, and I say generally, so simple. You have your League Cup, you have your FA Cup, you have your League, and then you have the Champions League. So, these sort of things go on but but we have a long season it's a 38 game season it's essentially a 10 month out of the year season plenty of time to get to it the teams that succeed make it through late so the better you do the more games you play and the teams that do poorly for example those you know that exit the league cup early the FA cup early and maybe you know aren't in any contention for anything well, just play out their league games and then they'll get relegated or live in mid-table mediocrity or, you know, whatever it is. But here in America, we make things so ridiculously confusing. I mean, I am looking at some of these college bowl football games where you have teams with a barely a winning record, and in some cases, you know, whether it's the uh, Yoshinoya Beef Bowl in, uh, um, you know, Hodunk, Iowa. But it's still an official, quote, bowl game for these college kids to play. Why? You know why, right? Because of money. I guess some of that FIFA disease has spread. And then you get into the situation in the playoffs with the big sports in America where you know you have got teams particularly we see it in major league soccer but i don't want to sit here and, and you know bash major league soccer because that's not what I, I want to do today where teams can have a very mediocre season and sort of eke their way into the playoffs go on a hot run and win it now i don't think that is exciting or interesting it may make for good betting i suppose but it's it's not um it's it's not the way i like to uh see it. it's too complicated for me maybe i'm just a simpleton Don't answer that, okay? I don't need to hear a tweeted response, yes, Nick, you're a simpleton. Even though I know it's true, I don't need third-party validation. Anyway, I don't know how we got onto this. Oh, yes, (laughs) we were talking. Getting a little sidetracked here, sorry. We were talking about the Premier League. We'd sort of run through most of them, but I hadn't yet gone to the bottom of the table and some of the other really interesting matches uh, that were coming up. Uh, so let's let's talk about this. There is another a couple of other really interesting matches towards the bottom of the table. First of all, the next match that Everton are playing, after they drew 1-1 at Old Trafford, is going to be at home at Goodison facing Arsenal. And it's very, very possible that by the 21st of December, Carlo Ancelotti will be at the helm of Everton. Uh, who's he managed? Uh, Barcelona, PSG, Juventus, Milan, Chelsea. He's won titles. He's a winner. Yeah, he was at Napoli. He ran afoul of my friend Aurelio, <laughs> the owner there. Uh, I have had the, I do have the pleasure of an honor of knowing Aurelio, and uh, he is a lovely man. Uh, but I can see how people can, how he can get PO'd at people. But what a terrible time for Arsenal to run into a team that's going to have a not one but two new manager bounce. Of course, Duncan Ferguson, uh, the man at the helm, at least temporarily, one would really hope Ancelotti would be at the helm because if that's the case, Everton could go to 21 points and Arsenal would be languishing in 22. Arsenal could be well down in the 13th to the 15th spot on the table, depending on results from the likes of Burnley or Brighton or Bournemouth. Or West Ham, even, who have a very difficult uh, match in London, another derby to play against Crystal Palace uh, at Selhurst Park. So it's fascinating. And as you go further down the table, because Everton, as we mentioned, languishing down in 16th spot, Aston Villa, who are sitting uh, tied on points with Southampton, who are officially in the relegation zone, they have a huge relegation six-pointer, huge one, at Villa Park on Saturday. This will be a match you want to see. This will not end in a draw. There will be goals in this match, despite the fact uh, that, uh, that uh, these are two lower-level teams. They do both score goals. What they do is concede goals, 66 goals conceded between these two teams, okay, in just 34 matches. Wow. We're going to see a lot of goals. So if you're a betting man or woman, head over and bet the over on whatever this is. And finally, down the bottom end of the table, we have to talk about Norwich with a very, very difficult match at home against Wolverhampton Wanderers, who are in eighth place. They did have uh, that 2-1 loss at home at Molyneux against, uh, against Wolves, but... You know, against Tottenham, by the way, not Wolves. But it was, uh, you know, going to be interesting down at the bottom. All right, let's get to managers. So I talked about Ancelotti, and it's interesting because he's supposedly well. All all accounts are that he's headed over to Goodison Park to take the helm at Everton, which is a great win for Everton. And you can look at it one of two ways. You can either say, well, you know, Everton are a club with great aspirations. Which they are, by the way. I mean, they're going to be building a massive new stadium. And uh, they have a pretty decent squad. They don't mind spending some money. They're not performing well. Obviously, Marco Silva was, I think, much more of a disaster. A disaster than anyone can imagine. But what do you do? You know... Which managers are out there right now that have that sort of pedigree? Do you bring in a uh, Mauricio Pochettino? Or did his final tenure the kind of... Uh, and this is a, an, uh, oh, another way to look at it. You know, Pochettino, up until the point that Jose Mourinho took over for him at Tottenham, I think people were saying, "Oh, the problems at Tottenham are systemic. The squad doesn't want to be there. They all want away. They're not paid enough salary by, by ownership, and and you know this, that, and the other." But then Mourinho comes in, and so when when Pochettino left, he his stock was very high. His value was enormous. He was a young, forward-thinking manager that had maybe been hard done by by the financial. Uh, constraints of the club he was in, and 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 the and disgruntled players, and he'd lost the locker room, and all these things. But then, hello, Mourinho comes in, and boom, it's an instant turnaround. Well, that does nothing but decrease the value of one Mauricio Pochettino, and I actually think he may have devalued himself enough that a club like Everton didn't look to go in for him. Instead, they went for a guy like Carlo Ancelotti, who just left Napoli. You know, he's managed at Juventus, Milan, Chelsea, PSG, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Napoli, and now Everton. Hello. I mean, talk about, you know, talk about uh, striving, talk about uh, social climbing. Everton are going to be putting their name up with those other clubs. You may ask yourself, though, is it Everton striving for social, (laughs) overachieving (laughs) socially, or is Carlo Ancelotti's... Stock also devalued a bit because of the less-than-wonderful spells he had at Madrid and by Munich and Napoli. I think Napoli are sixth or seventh in the table, right? Although they did advance in the, in the Champions League with that big uh, final group stage victory. Uh, it's probably a combination of both. But I think when you're looking at this managerial appointment, I think you have to say if Ancelotti can come to terms with his new station in life and the fact that he is at a club with aspirations although that those aspirations are not as of yet achieved if he can understand that it's a time to be there for the long haul and by the way he generally last has lasted uh, with uh, milan he was there 8 years two years with Chelsea, two years with PSG. He's going to need to be there three or four or five years because new stadiums don't just get crapped out overnight. They take years to build. And as we've seen, whether it was Arsenal, whether it was Tottenham, uh, less so City, but you know when new stadiums are built, there's always financial constraints along the way. Because nobody in the world, I don't care about football, American football, anything else, unless, like in America, you can go dip into the tax base to get your stadium built. Uh, you know, no, None of these clubs have a truly unlimited checkbook to write. So he's going to have to show discipline. Uh, is he in for the long haul? I hope so for the sake of Everton's fan, Toffees, globally. Do I think he is? I don't know. He may have to rehabilitate his image. Does he have a squad that is good enough to continue this managerial rebound that they've had under Duncan Ferguson, who's the interim manager, into the Ancelotti era, and he can drive them up the table? Well, why not, I ask you. All right, I have to go to break in a minute. I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I cannot believe we're out of time. We'll have to talk Champions League draw tomorrow. Some really juicy ones coming up. Can't wait to talk about it. In the meantime... I do have to step aside, but I do want to remind you we are live on iHeartTuneIn, award-winning SiriusXM app, as well as SiriusXM and the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. So, and if you've missed any part of this show, you can find our podcast up almost immediately following the show on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, I'll be right back to wrap it up after this on Fistory Soccer. Back to Street Soccer. Thanks for staying with me here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Geber. Unfortunately, uh, we're out of time. I'm having a great discussion about the Premier League. Uh, a little bit of uh, digression elsewhere, but on the whole, it's been a, a, a good discussion. I got a lot off my chest. Uh, so I've ha- I want to thank you all for allowing. To, for being my therapist for my football therapy. Usually I'm yours, and this time around it's been reversed. I didn't have really a chance to get to the Champions League, but I want to talk about it for a minute, uh, very briefly, just kind of give a little tickle, a little preview. We'll talk about it some more tomorrow, starting at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Um, let's start, shall we, with um, the matchups very quickly. Borussia Dortmund versus PSG, that's mouth-watering. Madrid-Man City, that's unreal. And when you think about it, that's going to be the first time that Zinedine Zidane and Pep Guardiola are meeting in a competitive game as managers. Can you believe that? Unbelievable! Uh, Atalanta versus Valencia, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, um, and they'll be playing at the Atatürk Stadium. By the way, where uh, Liverpool won their 2002, uh, or is that where the final is? Uh, is the final back in Turkey? Uh, let's uh, yeah, the final's back in Turkey, uh, but this game will be at the uh, with at- Atletico stadium where uh, Liverpool won the Champions League uh, last year. So that's fantastic. Liverpool, Atletico, Chelsea, Bayern Munich. Oh, Lyon, Juventus. Tottenham are playing Red Bull, Leipzig. Could have been a big surprise this tournament. And Napoli uh, will face Barcelona. Those are the last 16 draw in full. Some big storylines, of course. As I mentioned, the final is at the Atatürk Stadium, where that 2002 final was held. Uh, The great one where Liverpool won the Champions League, came back to win it. Uh, And uh, look, just stay tuned. We're going to talk a lot about it. Unfortunately, we are out of time. I don't even want to start because I'm going to keep going and I'm going to run into the next show. And I believe it's uh, Ron Barr. And uh, you don't want to make Ron Barr angry. Trust me, he gets you on the phone and he bends your ear. So let's not do that. Uh, Stay tuned with me tomorrow, same time, same place. We'll talk about it more then. In the meantime, have a great night. Enjoy uh, a little football tomorrow, by the way. Of course, the uh, Club World Cup. All right, until then, have a good one. Cheers. Stay safe.